0: Um, If you will, turn to Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12. If you weren't with us last week, we talked about the greatest comeback of all time, talked about Jesus, the birth of Jesus. What we celebrate this month uh, is God's greatest comeback ever, the greatest comeback ever. And um, it's just exciting um, to look in God's word and to know that God is a finisher. Amen. Aren't you excited that he completes the things that he started? Aren't you excited that the thing uh, that he started, we have this confidence. We have this assurance that he is going to see it through until the end. And so you, by nature, are a finisher. That's why you hate things being undone. That's why you hate things, you know, just being placed off to the side and just starting 15 things and not finishing them. Uh, You know, it's within your own nature spiritually by God himself That says we need to finish this thing. See it through to the end. And uh, so that's what we're looking at this month. and, And we saw that the birth of Jesus was a continuation. It was the finishing. He wasn't starting something new. He was finishing what he started in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. And so we have this confidence, this assurance that he is faithful to complete that which he started. In Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. Let's throw it up there. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. This is coming right off of what we uh, term the hall of faith. The heroes of faith are outlined in Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 starts out, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Then we go through Moses and Noah. And Abel and, and Sarah and all the individuals in the Old Testament that stood and lived by faith. And now it's turning to us. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. There are several... Uh, Opportunities in the Word, and we'll look at them today uh, where this Christian life or this Christian living or maybe your 2015 is likened to a race. And he says that we need to run the race with endurance. Why? So that we can complete it, we can finish it. But look what he says here. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. He identifies two things that need to be put down or laid aside weights. And sin. And not every weight uh, is a sin. But if it's something that's slowing you down or keeping you from achieving the overall purpose of whatever God has laid on your life uh, for you to pursue, it's slowing you down and it's keeping you from your purpose. Notice here that what we lay down is just as important as what we're pursuing. What we're laying aside, what we're laying down, what we're putting down is just as important as what we're pursuing. In fact, you can't achieve what you're pursuing until you lay aside those things that are slowing you down. There's a funny word that I've been looking at recently. It's a word called fulfilled or fulfillment. And I think it identifies our lives the way that a lot of us live, and especially in our nation. I know that we're full. But I don't know that we're filled. And I think there's a difference. Our schedules are full. Our lives are full. The kids are running from one thing to the next. Our jobs are always got something going on. We're always taking on things that are, uh, are that they're filling us up. But are we actually being filled? Have you ever had a meal where you got full, but you just didn't feel filled? Like, I'm full, but it wasn't satisfying. It didn't hit the spot. It wasn't exactly what we needed. And I think that we sometimes live lives that we're dissatisfied with the things that are filling up our lives. That we're not even content. Like we're, we're busy. It's kind of like what we talked about last week. There's a difference between busyness and effectiveness. And when we're making these resolutions and when we're going after the purpose that God has for us, he doesn't just want us busy. He wants us effective. You know, we asked asked ourselves this question last week. We said, are the the changes that we want to see in our life, are we only seeing how we're affected, or are we seeing how we're effective? Is the change that you want to see in your life, does it have to do with the people around you? Um, We were down in St. Augustine just a few weeks ago, and um, they were, on their Wednesday nights, they were going through a parenting session. They were just teaching on parenting. And, and Pastor Earl made this statement. He says, I don't work out just so I could be fit and be healthy for myself. I work out because when I'm 50 and 60 and 70, I want to be able to play with my great, my grandkids and my great grandkids. I mean, he's at an age now, he's so young. I mean, you look at him and you think you're a grandfather. I mean, it's, uh, I think he's only about 45 years old and they just got started early. And then his kids got started early. And so you know, they're 45 years old and have grandchildren. He says, I, I-, I, could, I could be 60 years old and have great grandkids. I mean, that's a, that's a scenario that's very possible, and I want to be able to play with them. So I'm taking care of myself and watching myself physically because I want to be able to influence them at a certain age. Are, are 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 the things that we're wanting to see in our lives? Is it just to keep us busy and just well? Let me make another resolution. Let me uh, choose to do this in my life. Let me add this on. Or are we asking ourselves, how can I be the most effective and productive with the world that God has given me to influence? Every person in this room has a sphere of influence. Every single one of you. All of us have a sphere of. It, it might be children. It might be a spouse. Uh, you might be an employer. Or you might be an employee, you might be a coworker, you might be a student. But wherever you go, whatever God has you in, it's not just for you, it's for those around you. Those are the changes that God wants to see in our lives. How can I change and better myself so that I can be the greatest influence to those around me? And so we're seeing here that there's weights and sins. And what I'm laying aside is just as important as what I'm pursuing, as what I'm taking on. And so maybe we need to look at our lives this next year as we're getting ready. Maybe we need to ask ourselves, not just what am I needing to take on in 2016, but what am I needing to lay down in 2016? What am I needing to cut off that will allow me to reach the purpose, reach the end goal, reach the desired outcome that God has laid on my heart? I know there's already things that God has already spoken to me, just personally, to me about this church, for this church that we'll discuss in January. But I know that with more reaching comes more cutting. If I'm going to pursue, I'm going to have to lay down. If I'm going to take hold of, I'm going to have to cast some things off. Every level requires us to cut things off. Even Jesus, in John chapter 15, he said, Uh, You know, you could be a vine that's unfruitful and the whole thing has to be cut off. But even if you are fruitful, we cut. Why? So we can become more fruitful. I don't want to just repeat 2015. And I don't want to just meet the same criteria and meet the same goals. I want to reach for more. But there's going to be some cutting away. There's going to be some laying aside. Look at verse 2. Hebrews chapter 12. Verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, that looking unto means fixed attention, constant, consistent. It takes a fixed gaze to reach the purpose and the goal that you have in front of you. Because I'll tell you right now, just as you uh, experienced in 2015, there will be things that will try to shake you off of what God has spoken to you in 2016. It took me, this last year, it probably took me about three weeks To have stuff start shaking what God had spoken to me at the beginning of the month in January. I didn't even get through January and stuff already started shifting and moving. That started causing me to question whether that was a possibility. And we all endure that. Whether it's January, whether it's February, whether it's July, whether it's November. There will always be something that will try to shake you from what God has spoken to you. And he he says here, looking unto Jesus. Why? Because he's the author and finisher of our faith. Who better to look to than the one who completes what he starts? Who better to fix your attention on than the one who finishes what he began? And I'm telling you today, just like I said last week, it's not about what you are choosing to do in 2016. It's about what God wants to do through you. In 2000. So if he starts it in January, he wants to finish it in December. Amen? He wants to see his purpose and his plan all the way through. So we've got to fix our attention on Jesus. We've got to get our eyes on the one who will finish. He will complete. It's his purpose to complete it in your life. The author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy, this is a time that we celebrate joy, and, you know, I think this is one thing I know myself personally I don't do very well. But I think it's necessary for us to complete. The Bible tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. I don't believe that we don't finish things for a lack of strength. We, finish, we don't complete things for a lack of joy that feeds us the strength to finish what we started. If the devil can rob you of your joy, he can rob you of your pursuit of what God has spoken to you. Just by taking your joy. Because when you're no longer passionate, you're no longer joyful, you don't remember why you started, what you started. I I saw a quote last week online that said, when you feel like quitting, start remembering why you began. The pressure is the greatest at the finish line. That's where you're the most tired. That's where you feel like you've done enough to accomplish the goal. Why am I not seeing? And the closer you get is when the is when the uh, uh, test and the the temptation is to quit. The closer you get. And. You know we're looking unto something that we can't necessarily see. That's why it's, he's the author and finisher of our faith. You can't see it if it wasn't uh, if it wasn't faith, then you could see it. But it requires our faith, which means. I can't naturally see the money in the bank that I set out this year wanting to save. I can't uh, naturally see the time spent in the word that I, I know I wanted to spend an hour every morning in the word. And I just haven't been able to discipline myself there yet. I get up a few days a week, but I haven't been able to be consistent. We, we, we don't see it because it's by faith. It's a vision that God has given you for your life that hasn't taken place naturally yet. It's not in tangible form. He's the author and finisher of our faith. But it says here that Jesus for the joy that was set before him. Now, I don't know what your definition of joy is, but I wouldn't call being arrested and accused for something I didn't do joyful and being spit upon and being punched in the face uh, and ridiculed in front of the public. I wouldn't call that joyful. I wouldn't all being beaten on my back joyful going to the cross joyful but what it was what those things would accomplish not just for Jesus but for all those he saw you and I today in this place redeemed And sanctified and set apart for his good work. He saw you and I being able to come together and learn and encourage each other in the word. And be strengthened in the word and grow up spiritually. He saw what we're doing today. That was the joy that was set before him. And all the pain and all the suffering and all uh, the anguish that he went through to get to that point was so that he could see Genesis one twenty six take place all over again, to see man rule in his kingdom on the earth once again. That was the joy that was set before him. And guys, when we lose our joy, we lose all hope of ever finishing. We lose the very thing that feeds our strength to finish. Our joy is so important. We've got to be able to celebrate. You know, sometimes it bothers me when I see a team down by like 40 points and they celebrate a home run or they celebrate a touchdown or they celebrate a goal. It's like, are you kidding me? I mean, you, you, the only ones that are celebrating are the ones, I mean, the fans aren't even, they're like, whatever, we lost anyways. Guys, we've got to find ways to celebrate the progress. It may not be the finished product, but if we wait for the product to celebrate, we'll never get the product. But if you can find yourself celebrating the progress, sure, your marriage might not, might not be exactly what you want it to look like. But let's celebrate the progress. Sure, your kids might not quite be in the alignment and in, in the picture that you want them to be. Sure, your bank account doesn't look like it. Sure, your job and your career doesn't give off that picture just yet. But if you can celebrate the progress, you will see the product. Who for the joy that was set. He didn't wait. It says, for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, endured the pain, endured the pressure, endured the test and the trial. Your endurance will go to another level when we get our joy up. When we learn to celebrate the progress. Because Jesus knew the closer that I get to that cross, the closer that I get to my last breath, is the closer we get to achieving my father's purpose remember he said in the garden I'm not doing this because it's my will I'm doing this because it's your will and I want to align my will with your will you're not finishing just for you so we need to be joyful we need to be excited in the progress he knew every step that he took with the cross on his back as he climbed that hill he knew I'm getting closer to the purpose of Of my father. I'm getting closer. And then finally when he was able to bow his head. And say it is finished. It is finished. This is the endurance that we need to have. Go over to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. So we've got to cut some stuff off. We've got to celebrate some moments. You need to be celebrating right now. I don't, I, it, it doesn't matter what your year looks like. It doesn't matter where you're at in, in the grand scheme of things. You need to take an opportunity and just celebrate God's faithfulness. We took an opportunity last night with our staff. We took them out to dinner uh, and and just celebrated 2015. There's things that are undone. There's things that we still want to see. There's things that we're still moving towards. But we've got to take those opportunities to just celebrate. We went all around the table. I had every individual tell me a word that God has shown to you or revealed to you in the year 2015 personally. Not to do with the church, personally. What has God been speaking to you? And we all celebrate that together. We've got to find ways to encourage ourselves. The Bible says that David strengthened himself in the Lord. He didn't strengthen himself after they won a battle. He didn't strengthen himself uh, after they had just conquered new land, defeated a new enemy. He had to strengthen himself when the enemy came in and took everything they owned and took all of the soldiers' wives, and then his own army turned against him and wanted to kill him. And the Bible says that David strengthened himself in the Lord. The time when you need the most joy and the time when you need the most strengthening is when you're down, not when you're up. And if you're waiting to praise until you get to a high note, we may never get there. But when you can learn to praise him when it's down, when you can learn to have joy when nothing's going right, those are the things that will pick us up. And I told our team last night, I said, of all the transition, of all the shaking, of all the inconsistency that we had in 2015, and 2015 was a great year. It was just a trying year. It was a trying year for us. Some of y'all don't even know the trials and the things that we endured as a church this past year, but it was a trying year. But I said, the testimony is that we are all still here. I mean, for, for us, to be blessed with a leadership team of 12 individuals that are seeking the purpose of this church and, and the vision and the mission of this church after all we've been through this last year, that's a testimony in of itself. Sometimes it's just the point that you're still standing. I mean, Paul told us in Ephesians chapter 6 that after we've done all to stand, do what? Stand, therefore. After you've done all to stand, don't sit. I mean, if we've done all to stand, we might as well keep on standing. And look, the only the the enemy's not trying to kill you. He's just trying to outlast you. He's just trying to wear you out. But man, when we can keep that joy up. I just came to keep staying on this point. I don't know who it's for, but we've got to keep celebrating. Keep celebrating joy because the joy feeds your strength and the strength helps you endure and your endurance will cause you to finish. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and we've seen these verses these are all popular verses for us. Verse 24 do you not know that those who run in a race all run. See everyone's running. Everyone's going after something. But one receives the prize. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. Now that's interesting to me because I don't usually think of you know, different ways of running. I mean, if you're running, you're, why would you be running not to obtain the prize? But Paul is telling us here that there's a way to run so that you will obtain it. That means you can be an individual that's just running with no end goal, with no completion in sight. Or you can be one that fixes your eyes on Jesus, looking unto Jesus, the author Finisher. Jesus. You keep the goal in mind. You keep the completion in mind. So I like to think of it this way. You can either be running or we can be chasing. And I think a lot of people today They're not running, they're chasing. They're chasing after something that they never really see themselves being able to obtain. They're they're running after something that always seems to elude them. They're, They're chasing after something that brings no promise of an end. But when we run, we've got to run in faith knowing that we can obtain the prize that which we have set out to accomplish. Amen? I don't want to, this year in 2016, I don't want to be chasing things. I want to run after things. I want to run after things that I know I'm reaching out and grabbing a hold of. I'm not just chasing after something that I don't ever really see myself. See, you've got to set goals that you know you can obtain. Sometimes we set goals so big that it's like, uh, I would be surprised if I got it. You should be surprised if you don't get it. <laughs> You should be surprised if this time next year, you're not able to look back and say, man, I did it. I accomplished it. I finished it. I completed it. Amen. That's where we should be. He says, run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. And they do it for an, to obtain a perishable crown. But we for an imperishable crown. Therefore, I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. What's he saying? I'm not just spinning my wheels. I'm not just wasting my time. I'm not trying to get full without being filled. I'm not just trying to add things to my plate. I'm not just trying to fill up my schedule. I'm not just trying to be busy. I want to be effective is what Paul is saying here. Not with uncertainty. Not as one who beats the air. Verse 27, watch this, but I discipline my body. I bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. This whole chapter, chapter 9, Paul is talking about self-discipline. He's talking about why he's doing what he's doing. He says, I don't do this so I can boast. I don't do this so I can brag. I do this for those around me. I'm laying myself down for the betterment of others around me. Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Finishing ought to be just as big of a part of our lives as starting. I'll never forget a couple of years ago at one of our Kingdom Institute graduations, we had uh, Doug Jones, who's an instructor from Rama Bible uh, Training College in Tulsa, Oklahoma, He's the head of all of Rama pastors around the world. He's the national director, international director for all the Rama pastors. And he started off uh, with this quote that said, the, the grass at the starting line is always well worn, but the grass at the finish line isn't as worn meaning that many people start, but very few finish. And speaking to our Kingdom Institute graduates, I mean, you just completed something. I mean, you just endured three years of a Bible training program. You feel like you finished something, and that's just the starting point. That's the launching pad, so to speak. And, 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 and to know that Many people have gotten this far. It's what we do from here that determines if we really finish. I, be, I just believe that God is a results-oriented God. I believe that God wants to see us finish and accomplish things for the kingdom of God. Those things that he's laid on your heart, they're not options. They're, they're there because that is how he has deemed you effective to the world around you. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. Not that I have already attained Or am already perfected. I haven't finished. But I press on. That I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Some of us in this next year might need to remind ourselves what Christ Jesus has laid hold of us for. Paul says that what Christ laid hold of me for is the very thing that I'm trying to lay hold of myself. They're the same. They're one and the same. There doesn't need need to be any difference between what you're trying to lay a hold of and pursue and what Jesus has been pursuing through you. They need to be one and the same. They need to be aligned. We need to align our purpose and our function this next year so that we can achieve what Jesus wants to achieve through us. He says, I'm trying to lay hold of the very thing that Christ Jesus laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. So he's in the process. He says, I don't don't consider myself as having finished just yet. But let me tell you what it looks like in the midst of it. See, there's a lot of people that start. But where are we dropping off? Where are we missing it? Where, Where are we getting worn down and beaten up that's not causing us to finish? And he's right in the middle of it, right here. He's saying, I don't consider myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. I mean, of all the things that you think Paul could come up with to help us finish strong, this is the item he picks out. The one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. And notice he doesn't just say the bad things or the terrible things. Sometimes we need to forget the successes just as much as we need to forget the failures. There's plenty of things that we want to forget. And we can look back on both success or failure and identify God's faithfulness in all of it. But sometimes it's the things that we have achieved that keep us from pursuing more. Sometimes it's the accomplishments that keep us from apprehending more. Sometimes it's what we've already laid hold of But he says, I'm trying to lay hold of that which Christ laid hold of me. And I don't consider myself to have apprehended. But the one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. What's that mean? I'm reaching for what? God wants me to reach for. I'm aligning my purpose with his purpose. I'm aligning my will with his will. Again, let's not just fill our plate with things that don't fulfill us. The only true satisfaction you'll find in this next year is going after what God has called you to go after. You won't be satisfied doing anything else. You won't be satisfied trying to grab a hold of anything that God has not pressed you to reach for. We've got a few weeks left. Let's discover. Let's discern. Let's identify, God, what is it that you want me to do? Not just what I want to do. Not just how much money I want to save, not just the kind of job I want to get, not just the promotion I need to go for, not just what I want my kids to do, but what do you want me to reach for and accomplish in 2016? His purpose is the only purpose that matters. And it's such a great danger when we're just simply busy and not effective. God wants us to be effective, and the only way we can be effective is going after his purpose for our lives. Amen? And Paul is saying, I'm laying hold of what Christ laid hold of me for. The thing that he set out for me to do, that's what I'm trying to go for. And so I forget the things that are behind. Paul had a lot to lay down. Paul had a lot lot of stuff to put down and put back. He was murdering Christians. I mean, if anybody had an excuse to quit and lay down and say, Man, I just there's no way, I'm not the right person, it'd be this guy. It's amazing what God will do with willing subjects. Isn't it? Isn't it amazing what he'll do with, with people that just say, Yes, Father, I will do that with my life. And I'll press towards that call you want me to be that kind of wife you want me to be that kind of husband you want me to be that kind of parent then I'll do whatever it takes to make that happen I just want to lay hold of what Jesus has laid hold of me for he saved me for a purpose he went to that cross and paid the price for a reason and I don't want that to go to waste Chasing after my own desires and chasing after my own uh, abilities. Uh, you know, there's, we all have opportunities to chase after what satisfies us. But there is no satisfaction like living for the king. There's no satisfaction like knowing that you are right where God has called you to be. I want to be smack dab in the middle of God's will. I want to be right where he's called me to be. Amen. Amen. So as we get ready for this next year, as we begin to establish what it is that God is moving us towards, what it is that God is directing us in, I'm encouraging you to the the next several weeks. We've already gotten on the comeback trail, so to speak. We've already begun uh, finishing this year out strong. But I want you to know that it's connected to 2016. We, we, we saw in the Word just this past Wednesday that everything that God does is connected to a previous season. He's, he's never really doing something new. It might be new for you, but it's a continuation. It's a continuation. What is it that he's done this year that he wants to continue through you in 2016? It ought to build on itself. We ought to be able to go from level to level, success to se- uh, success, to see the purpose of God fulfilled, not just in our lives, but in our world. But it starts right here. It starts right here. There's no greater motivation that you should have for this next year than the purpose of God and the will of God. And so I encourage you, over these next couple weeks to discern that. Discover. Get with your Heavenly Father. He knows your purpose. He's the one that created you, right? Who better to go to than the one that created you? Who better to go to than the one that put you here? Who better to go to than the one that saved you and redeemed you and set you on the course that you're on? I just want to discover His purpose greater in this next year. Amen? Father, we thank You. We thank you for what you're moving us into, Father. We we can look back on this year and see your faithfulness. We can look back on this year and and see your provision. But, Father, as we move into the next year, we don't want to step in areas that you haven't called us to step into. And we don't want to hold back from the things that you have set in front of us. It may be bigger than us. It may look bigger than something that we could even accomplish on our own. But, Father, I thank you. That you have placed within us already the equipping, the strengthening, the encouraging within us to finish what you have started. And Father, we're just honored and privileged to be a part of your kingdom. We're just honored and privileged to to have a, a, a plan laid out for us. You said, for I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you. For good, not for evil. Father, we thank you that you have brought us into this kingdom. You have brought us through this year and you're taking us into the next year to do mighty wonders for the kingdom of God. And Father, I thank you that you speak to every individual in this room. Show them your course, your path, your pattern that you would put them on to see them accomplish your purpose for their lives. And Father, we're looking forward to a great year. We're looking forward to a great year as a church. We're looking forward to a fulfilling year. We're looking forward to a year that you promised your word would not return void, but it would accomplish that which you set it to do. And we have faith in your word. We have faith in your plan, even when we don't see it, even when we don't see the end. We're not running, we're not chasing uh, with uncertainty, but we know that we can accomplish and will obtain that which you have laid on our heart. And we give you all the glory, we give you all the praise, and we give you all the honor. May you be lifted up in our lives in 2016. May you be glorified through what is accomplished in our lives. It's not about us, it's about those around us. So we worship you and praise you for this today. In Jesus' name, amen.